podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It's the moment of the evening every K-State fan enjoys. Settle down and pour a whiskey, crack open a LaCroix. Please put your hands together and make a little noise for your favorite Wildcatters, the handsome Bosco boys. The boys are back, and we're with another familiar face, Mr. Chris Nelson, a.k.a. Nelly from K-State Online, a good friend. Before we get to talking to him, though, we're going to talk to you about our sponsor, and that is Spotify Green Room. Uh, we do it every Wednesday, 7 p.m. It's great. Free audio-only uh, social media platform for sports fans, any fans. You can start any or you can join any conversation. You can watch games together. You can react to rumors news um last week we had taylor bratt just pop in at the 45 minute mark so it's great we plan to have more people come in it's good to talk to other cats fans um it's i would i would say get on it because it's a lot of fun every wednesday night 7 p.m stanford coming up it's just going to get more fun so without further ado nelly how's it going we're here with chris nelson what's up buddy Pretty good. It's been a whirlwind of a summer from a work perspective and ready to for things to hopefully calm down a little bit and I can focus a little more on, on football. What do you do exactly? If you don't mind sharing with the world, you can also pass on this question. No, I'll, I'll share. I'm the finance director or CFO at Metal Earth Kills, a, a retirement community here in Manhattan. Very nice. I've uh, sent not people to that, but uh, I've worked with Metal Arc Hills a couple of times in a different capacity, so um, I'm familiar with that. But let's get into some cat stuff. Um, I would say that you have an encyclopedic knowledge of K-State sports, namely, you know, football and men's basketball. When did that begin for you? Was that like just something you were born into or who was your biggest K-State influence? I, I would say it was birth. Um Anyone who knows my parents, they're probably crazier than I am when it comes to the K-State sports. And so I was luckily born into it, but I would say personally, it really took up or went to another level after I attended the um, basketball game in 1988 in Ahern. I was lucky enough to, to go to a few games there against Oklahoma. And back then they had a little set of temporary bleachers that were up in the far corner of Ahern. And we sat up there and watched K-State beat Oklahoma. And I'll never forget um, listening to post game after after that game and listening to Billy Tubbs just go nuts and be irate about K State winning that game. And you know, he's, I will never forget. He said he couldn't wait till we came back down to Norman so he could kick our ass. And at that point, as an eight year old, I haven't heard the word ass that many times, especially on radio or TV. And I remember like, oh my lord, mom, he just said ass on the radio. You can't do that. <laughs> and, so that, that game, from a basketball perspective, certainly got me hooked. And then football-wise, I had attended a few games prior to this, but the 91 game against Indiana State where William Price returned the two-point conversion for the win really, really got my fandom started. A particular, I, Are you a sports nerd in general? I mean that in the nicest way possible. I, I would say probably most people would say I'm a nerd in general just altogether. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I, I would say I'm a sports nerd, yes. Certainly – um, having kids it has changed things a little bit but but yeah, I, I'm a sports nerd I think that uh, 
that's one of the first thing that happens. Maybe not become a nerd when you have a kid, but you become a dork like almost instantly because your life yeah. just takes a complete 180 in pretty much every way possible. So yeah. um, I already embarrassed my year old girl. So that, that's good. I'll be doing a lot of embarrassing for sure. Yeah. Um, so I was told to ask you this actually on the boards. Um, I'm told you have a power cat tattoo. Is that true? Can you dive into any details? How did that come about? Well, back, so I went to K-State in 98. And, you know, back then, a lot of my friends were, were getting tattoos. And so I, of course, wanted to get one. And, I mean, really didn't have any other passions at that time besides <laughs> sports and, and K-State. So decided to go with the Parrot Cat. Uh, got it on my, my left chest. Uh, and the idea was, so I got that the summer before going to school. And the idea was then the following summer, I was going to get 98 national champs. Mm. written above it after we won the national championship and obviously that did not work out um another funny story with the tattoo is a lot of people have given me a hard time is some people would say it's backwards on me because the, <laughs> the guy doing it traced it you know then handed, handed me a mirror and asked me how it looked well in the mirror it looked perfectly fine so it looks good let's go and so yeah so it technically is backwards but for me it looks looks correct that's funny because that's been a topic of conversation on Twitter the last like two days is somebody yeah, posted a picture that. of a power cat and asked if it was backwards. And, <laughs> you know, uh, I don't have much of a comment on it. Obviously, there is probably a preferred way that we are most that we see most often. But if you flip the helmet, it's the other way. So I don't think it really matters. But you're exactly right. Um, <laughs> so wait, so it's on your left chest, right? Yes. And um, so let's say if you could go back or let's say you're a student now and K-State is as good as they were in 1998, would you still go for the power cat or would you mix it up with one of these other logos that have kind of resurfaced lately? The script cats may be hard not to go with right now. Um, I'm also a big fan of Sailor Willie, but, but probably the script cats or the power cat. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think those are, I mean, if with a tattoo, it's hard to go wrong with any sort of text or script because it's so yeah. common. So like you could get away with that, um, comparing that to a power cat, but Hey, you love the cats and you've, you've, you proved it. So I'm not too worried about it. Let's talk a little bit about football. Um, and then we'll get into our blitz questions. What game this season are you most excited for right here, right now in this moment? Yeah. So I had two that I thought about and I'm going to go with Stanford um, for the reasons being, I mean, how last season ended obviously did not end well with, with which left sour taste in our mouths. Um, and recruiting, obviously, we were excited about a few transfers we got early on, but then since then, recruiting's kind of been hit and miss and probably more miss than hit. And now we have conference realignment talk, which hasn't been, you know, overly pleasant. And so it will be nice to finally kick the season off and have at least three hours where we can put all that other stuff aside and hopefully be excited about K-State football again. Yeah, I could not agree more. Right now, like, it's just the next game. That's the one I'm most excited about. It doesn't matter. Get me to the stadium. Can't wait to be in a crowd of people. I'm a little nervous about it in Texas. COVID's going a little crazy down there. Yeah. I don't think they really give a shit about uh, COVID down there. So I am a little bit nervous that I don't want to bring anything back home. But um, I really cannot wait to see a sea of purple again. It's going to be nice. Um, and last question before we hop into our blitz storylines. And by that, I mean, is what, what storylines coming out of camp 
have you raising your eyebrows the most? Anything jumping out at you right now? Um, I'd say on the positive side, the, the young running backs, um, you know, obviously Deuce, Deuce Vaughn is a guy I'm excited to see as any K-State player in recent memory as far as anticipation of what he'll look like. Excited to see Joe Irvin and then even the younger backs, even though they won't get to play maybe a lot this year and, and Giddens and, and Weather certainly heard good things about them. Um, on the flip side, on the negative side, certainly the linebackers. And it, it, it is puzzling to me, um, you know, two position groups that were fairly depleted when, when the staff took over, at least from a depth perspective, were tied in and running back. And very, very quickly, whether it be with transfers or new recruits, you know, they, they replenished the depth in those two areas, whereas the soft season, other than Munoz, they really didn't do a lot to, to address that position, which I'm still perplexed by. So we'll see how it goes, but I'm certainly very, very, very nervous about the linebackers. Yeah, that's a good that's a good couple of position groups to talk about. Um, I love the Joe Irvin hype, by the way. I'm very excited to see him. Um, he was showing flashes a couple of years ago. And, man, I mean, a lot of confidence from the coaches coming out of uh, – the media. So I'm excited to have him. I hope that he can kind of live up to that hype. Um, even if he lives up to some of it, that will be a nice added fold to the running back room. But uh, I don't know with linebackers. I, I wonder if it was just misses in the portal combined with misjudgment of what they actually had. Um, but either way, I'm hoping it doesn't bite us too much. They're looking a little naive there at the, at the moment. So we shall see though. We shall see. I'm not too overly worried about it right now. Let's just say that because I don't think yeah. like, I mean, listen, the linebackers weren't very good last year and I don't think they're going to get much worse than that. So we'll see. But, I, I don't think it's going to make or break our defense, uh, the linebacker position, but we'll see. Yeah. The, I hope you need to do a good job convincing me because the, you know, the two games <laughs> that really stand out were Texas and Iowa state where we just got gashed. And for those two games, for the most part, we had our front four, our starting front four, and it was our linebackers we were missing, and obviously a ton of secondary guys too. And I know the secondary obviously plays a role in, in, in the in the run game, run defense. But and, I mean, yeah, and I don't expect Green and Fletcher to be just total train wrecks, but certainly, yeah, I, I'm worried. I don't put a lot of weight into really any game last year, especially <laughs> Texas. I mean, Elijah Sullivan was starting at safety for God's sake. So <laughs> I do worry a little bit, but we'll see. I, I, I think that the line is going to be improved. I think that the, the one line of the secondary is going to be very good. So um, as long as they're serviceable at linebacker, I think our defense is going to be pretty nice as long as we stay healthy, but let's talk about Spotify green room one more time before we get into our blitz questions, guys, it's live audio only sports talk platform. You talk to me, Scott, other fans, athletes, insiders like Taylor Bratt, KSU fan, maybe uh, Nelly will hop on tonight. Who knows? Um, but it's fun. Get in on the conversation. Um, it's, it's just, it's great. Share your own experience or my, my experience is on the app. I'm reading the ad now on accident. My experiences on the app have been great. Um, I've actually, I feel like, it's opened up kind of uh, our listenership a little bit, but also it's nice to be able to talk directly to people who listen to the show, get their perspectives immediately. It's cool. It's a really good idea. Wednesdays at seven, hop in. Who knows who's, you never know who's going to hop in. So it's a lot of fun. All right, Nelly, we're going to hop into the blitz questions. Um, we've kind of, we've had someone on almost every day this month. Um, 
either doing a blitz episode like this or something different, but uh, we kind of just run through. It's like a mini season preview. I'll try to mix it up as much as I can for you. Um, so the listeners aren't hearing the same shit over and over, but um, let's start with number one. Who's going to be your offensive MVP. If you had to choose outside of Deuce or Skyler, because I think those are the two obvious. Uh, I'm not going to Deuce outside of those two. I think I'd go with Cooper BB. Um, I was tempted to go with Daniel Emad or Bebe. Um, but with BB, you know, it sounds like he'll start at left tackle, which is obviously a vital position along the offensive line. And then also his ability to play multiple positions. So if there does happen to be injuries um, up, up front, you know, he'd have the, the ability to move move to guard or move inside, move outside, even to right tackle. So that flexibility. And also, I think he's a really good player. So, so I'll go with, with BB. I like that answer. I think you're the first one with me who's answered an offensive lineman. Um, so I love it. Let's shift to the other side of the ball. Who will be your defensive MVP? Man, this one is, is really, really, really tough. Um, this may be a surprise as well, but I'm going to go with Khalil Duke. Um, you know, I, he started off really, really hot last year, you know, against Oklahoma. He looked, or then look, he was unblockable at times. And then he kind of tailed off as the year went along. Um, I do believe some of that had to do with injury. And so assuming he's back fully healthy and can stay healthy, um, you know, I think, uh, I forget, I think it was Messingham in his interview this past week, you know, said he was had a different level of, of twitchiness, athletic, athletic ability to him that, that no one else on our uh, roster had. And I agree with that. And certainly um, with, with the loss of Wyatt Hubert, we'll need some some guys to make some big plays up front and not, not just be uh, solid, but to be able to make those big splash plays. And I think he'll, he'll be able to provide that for the defense. I love that answer too, because although we may have better players in other positions group, um, you know, particularly the secondary guys like Julius Brents, who people think are, you know, rate very highly. I think there's no more important position groups than the offensive line and the defensive line. And if you can be a consistent disruptor in the trenches, you will absolutely be an MVP. So high hopes for Duke, um, man, he looked like, he was a monster last year, so I hope he can replicate that level of play. I want to ask you this. Who do you think will be your defensive surprise? I'm going to go with Eli Huggins. Um, you know, two I think it was two off-seasons ago, he got quite a bit of buzz in the off-season. And then uh, Drew Wiley, uh, and rightfully so, got most of the headlines last year. And then uh, Timothy Horn, so far this off-season, fall camp has, has drawn most of the buzz. And you know, I think Eli Huggins did a solid job last year, and I think he's a pretty good player, and I, and I look for him to be even even better this year. And I would say he's probably not a name that, that most people um, would, would recognize or, or would say. All right, let's talk a little bit about the young guns, and we're going to go back to the offensive side of the ball. Who will be your young breakout player? And this is a player that has freshman or sophomore eligibility that hasn't really made an impact yet. Yeah, I'll, I'll probably be boring with these, but I got to go with Joe Irvin on offense. I know I already mentioned him, but um, obviously he's gotten a lot of praise so far. And um, I loved his film as a high school recruit. And I know he didn't have the, the splash or highlight runs as a true freshman and didn't get as much buzz as Arcadia Wright did near the end of the year. But there was something about his running style and how he ran um, that I really liked and thought it would translate well as he matured and, and got stronger. So very excited to see him. Well, if he can run 
at 21 miles an hour and pads like he <laughs> claims that he can, he might be our one back and by quite some distance. So um, what about the defensive young player? Um, Amaris, Amaris Brown, and certainly um, that's probably not a guy I would have said two or three weeks ago, but certainly it, it sounds like, like he stepped up and, you know, the nickel spot is, especially in today's game, is so, so important when you're playing with, with two linebackers, basically the majority or, or all the time, you need a guy in that spot that, that can play the run, can play main coverage, can, can play zone, that can essentially do it all. And, um, you know, we saw such a big difference last year when we had A.J. Nickel, or sorry, A.J. Parker there versus some of the guys when we had injuries and even the year prior. Um, certainly, I don't think you, you can succeed in today's football without having a solid guy at, at that spot. Yeah, I agree. That's probably the most obvious answer of any of these questions, considering the buzz he's gotten to. And um, looking forward to it. Um, what's your pendulum game of the year? This is a game that if we win, it swings the season positively. If we lose swings towards the other way and this could be like so many games this year it, it could um I, I, first i, I want to say oklahoma state um just because at least me personally i think one and oh feels a heck of a lot different than than oh and one and you're still on a road win against a, a top half team oh and one oh and one looking at oklahoma and yes, iowa state next exactly that's scary but, right but on the on the flip side you know if we lose it we still are all are just 0-1, and so that necess doesn't necessarily by itself swing us to, to a bad uh, season. So ultimately, I'm going with Iowa State. Um, there is a chance we'll be 0-2 in conference going into that game. So again, on the negative side, if we lose it and, and fall to 0-3, um, even with five winnable games coming up, who knows how the team reacts if, if we're 0-3 at that spot. So the season could fire out of control. But if we win, and even if we were 0-2 and, and we win to get to 1-2, and two, um, that's a win against a team that's pro projected to possibly play in the Big 12 title game. And if we do then win that, those next five games, you know, we're most likely headed to Austin with a chance to play in the Big 12 title game still. So, so I'm going with Iowa State. I love it. Um, that's got to be the game I probably want to win the most this year. So yeah. I'm, hoping for the, I'm hoping for the positive side. Um, <clears throat> All right, holding your feet to the fire, what is K-State's final record? I'm going to split it in the middle and go seven and five. Um, I, I do think if the team can stay healthy, um, nine and three is a real possibility, and eight and four is, is pretty likely as well. Um, but I just worry about depth, specifically, especially on the defensive side of the ball and injury here or there, and, and I think things could get – fairly ugly um, defensively. So, so that's why I'm going with seven, five, hope for some good luck, remain healthy and, and eight and four, nine and three are possible. I don't like that negativity. I'm <laughs> just going to ignore it and move on. Who do you think plays in the big 12 championship? Well, I hate to say it, but I got to go with Oklahoma and Iowa state. Um, yeah. I mean, I think Oklahoma is pretty much a, a shoe in and Iowa state. I hope it's not them. I'm tired of hearing the buzz about them, but until until someone beats them and knocks them off, I'll, I'll, I got to stick with them. It's a logical answer that I don't like, and I'm going to ignore it as well because it's I don't uh, we we we're bringing the optimism now. We're we're almost what three weeks out, so we're drinking the Kool Aid now on this podcast. So, um, all right, final question, 
2022, what does the conference outlook like? Outlook look like for K State? Where are we playing? Who are we playing? Well, in 2022, I still think um, personally, I think that the Big 12 will still exist as it is is today, but I think that'll be the last season. Um, I would not expect Texas and Oklahoma to be part of the league after 22, but I do think we are still um, a year out after the season from seeing any changes. Um, certainly could be wrong, but maybe that's just blind optimism or blind faith on my part. But yeah, I'm hoping this isn't our, our, our swan song in the Big 12. I think this is our swan song. And that's why, Nellie, <laughs> we have to be chugging that purple Kool-Aid as much as we can because it could all come crashing down in three weeks. We could lose to Stanford and everything looks bad. So I'm going for the next three weeks, pretend that K-State is not going to lose a game on this, on this coming schedule. And we're going to go to Arlington. So um, Nellie, that's all I have for you. I want you to tell the people what kind of work you're doing over for uh, K-State online and where they can find you on Twitter. All right. Well, um, for K-State online, I, I hope with some post-game analysis, um, uh, I track plays, uh, do some live stat, stat tracking throughout the game, um, track plays by down and distance. Um, so, for example, um, what are what are we what plays are we run and run versus pass on on down and distance situation as as well as uh, just some stats. You know, for example, um, what Skylar Thompson's passing percentage on short throws to the right side of the field versus long throws to the left side of the fields. Those sorts of things. Um, on the basketball side, doing more X and no analysis um, for post-game analysis, and then participating in message boards as much as I can when I'm not too busy elsewhere, and and, and helping with some other articles that, that DY sends me. So um, on Twitter, I can be found at KSO Nelson, I believe it is, <laughs> either that or KSO underscore Nelson. I guess I should have looked at that, <laughs> but I believe it's KSO Nelson. <laughs> Here, I'll look it up real quick just to make sure. <laughs> That's that. I don't even know it. It's uh, KSO underscore Nelson. All right. All right. KSO underscore Nelson. So Nelly, um, thank you for coming on. You're welcome every time. Follow Nelly on Twitter at KSO underscore Nelson. He's a sports nerd in the best kind of way. That's all I've got for you. Uh, we're one day closer to game day, folks. Thank you for listening and meet me at the Cathead. It's time to get set for the cat attack. You can feel it coming on for Kansas State. The feeling's growing strong. You can join in the action. This is where you wanna be with Kansas State. Come on, set your spirit free. Kansas State, our pride is with the cats. Kansas State, come on, join the cat attack. Kansas State, excitement's in the air. Podcast Network.